Do you know the difference between an outcome-based habit and an identity-based habit? Well, one is focused on what you want to achieve, while the other is about who you are becoming. And if you want to become a joyful eater, if you want to be able to look at your New Year's resolutions next year and have them be a completely new set of resolutions, well, this is an episode you're going to want to listen to from beginning to end. So let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang, and this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high-tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So if you wanna find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health and feel empowered to live the life you want. You're in the right place. Episode number 159. Well, hi there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, and that is identity-based habits. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, if you started at the, begin- at the beginning of the year, you would see that I started the year off by talking about the five eating personas. There's a build here, okay? So understanding which eating persona you identify with the most helps you understand where you're starting from. And then in the next episode, I talked about what it means to become a joyful eater. And if you look at what the life of a joyful eater looks like, chances are it's going to resonate with you. So if you haven't listened to those two episodes yet, I definitely recommend that you Once you listen to this one, you go back and you listen to those other two, okay? If this is your first time listening to this podcast, this is a great one to start with. I would still recommend that you go back and you listen to those other two and then actually also listen to the one right before this latest episode, which is all about setting intentions. So I help you understand the difference between intentions and goals. It's all related here, okay? So before we get into that, though, I want to share with you a really funny story. So I am currently in Dallas babysitting my brother's two kids, okay? And earlier this week... While the seven-year-old was on the toilet pooping, I hear him say, Auntie Amy, what are my balls for? And I respond, 
What balls are you talking about? My nephew, in my privates. Me, pausing to think. <laughs> and in the silence, my nephew says, if you don't know the answer, you can Google it. Can you just imagine what would happen to my social media feed if I Googled that <laughs> and I got cookied? <sighs> anyway, I just had to share that funny. It has nothing to do with achieving lasting weight loss, but it is some comic relief for anyone out there who's been having a rough week, okay? So we're going to talk about identity-based habits. And this is something that James Clear talks about in his book, Atomic Habits. But I don't think he actually goes into it in much depth. So we're going to go a little deeper here today. All right. The easiest example I can think of when it comes to identity-based habits, and this is something that I have seen time and time again with people who are smokers and who have decided they want to quit. Okay, now, if you're out there and quitting smoking was one of your New Year's resolutions and you make that decision, do you think of yourself as a smoker trying to quit? Do you think of yourself as a former smoker or do you think of yourself as a non-smoker? Now, when I own the health club. I remember one of the members told me that she had gone to a hypnotherapist and actually through that process, she walked in a smoker trying to quit and she literally walked out a non-smoker. And I spoke with that hypnotherapist. She was open to getting referrals. And every time someone joined the club and they actually asked about this. If I had any recommendations, I would refer them to this particular hypnotherapist. So if you want to quit smoking, it's an, it's an awesome option because literally I had quite a few members go and see this one particular woman who's no longer doing it. Otherwise I would give you her name, but you can actually walk in a smoker walk out a non-smoker. Now, smoking is actually, let me take that back. There is a woman that you can contact. Her name is Rita Black. Um, she actually was a guest on Dr. Christine Lee's podcast, Make Time for Success. So if you want to hear about her story, how she got started, to see if this is someone you're comfortable working with, I encourage you to go and listen to that podcast episode. Again, it's Make Time for Success with Dr. Christine Lee. And the episode you're looking for is the one with Rita Black. Okay, so the thing with smoking, kind of like uh, gambling or alcohol, is that if it's an issue, you kind of really only need to make one decision, and that's the decision to stop. Some people decide to try to go cold turkey when they quit. Some people try to taper. But ultimately, if it's not working for you in your life, 
you can eliminate it. Now, when it comes to lasting weight loss, we can't just quit food. It's not just one decision per se. Well, actually, in some ways it is. <laughs> so the decision isn't to quit food. The decision becomes one about what you want your relationship with food to look like. So what you want to do is make a decision about the kind of relationship you want to have. And if you take a step back from that, it's the kind of person that the eating persona I talked about and what kind of relationship this person you're becoming is creating. Food, money, these are all things that we literally can't quit. It's about our relationship. So we want to go from having an unhealthy one to one where we've not just healed it, but in fact, we're creating a healthy one. Okay, so when you talk about lasting weight loss, this is what a lot of times I hear new clients say. They will say, when I have lost the weight then I'll join a gym so that I can lose more weight and potentially get fit. And then when all that's happened, I'll be happy. So they have made happiness conditioned upon weight loss. They've made their happiness conditioned upon weight loss. So first question I have for you is, do you really believe that in order to be happy, you have to lose weight? I would hope not. So when I owned the health club over and over again, I would actually run into people who said that I have to lose the weight before I can join the gym. And I understand the logic there because in some ways it's, well, I don't want to embarrass myself inside a gym in public. Um, and so I want to lose some weight before I go and join a gym. And what I would always encourage people to do is find a place where you are feeling really supported. Don't do it on your own if you can help it. There is so much power in community that if getting fit, and I would say, you know, if your weight loss is truly based on this idea that you want to get healthy and that's your focus, then let's come up with a plan that literally is one that supports you, that that makes it so that your chances of success are higher. If you try to start an exercise program or a fitness program completely on your own, and this is not something that you have any subject matter expertise in, well, I would say if you had a legal problem and you wanted some help, would you go and try to read up on everything online on your own or would you hire an attorney who that is their area of expertise? If you 
want to start an exercise program. I honestly don't think, outside of maybe walking, if you want to do anything that's a bit more complicated than walking, having proper form can make all the difference in the world. Not just about preventing injury, but really about creating movement patterns that are going to that will serve you for the rest of your life. Okay, so we want to make sure that we're availing ourselves of the resources that are available. That is number one. The second thing is, I want us to flip the script on this. What do I mean by that? I mean. What I just described, right, where it's one of those, when I have lost the weight, then I will join the gym, and then I can be happy. So the order of operation here is, once I have something, then I will do something. And once I do that, then I will be, be happy. So it's have, do, and be. And with this approach... Think about what the underlying assumption or the belief is. It's basically saying that if I look at the roadmap for happiness, weight loss is a milestone, right? It's the goal, the number. And when I achieve that number, then I deem that I have succeeded. So you've heard me talk about goals like weight loss as being an outcome or performance goal, which more often than not, we don't actually have control over. That's like who wins a basketball game or who wins a tennis match, okay? But when we frame it this way, when we say, in order for me to be happy, I have to lose weight, well, guess what? Who doesn't want to be happy, right? So we want to lose weight as fast as we can. And well, if again, you're thinking it's because I want to be healthier, then you may find yourself on Google (laughs) searching for how to lose 20 pounds in a healthy way, something like that. Oh, so I I guess I did tie it into Google. (laughs) But what if we flip the script? What if we created a plan where we started with be and then we moved to do in order to have? In other words, what if you think about the word becoming? So you may not think of yourself as a joyful eater yet. You are becoming a joyful eater. So I think the the book by Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass, is a great book that you can start with that really goes into this mindset of you already are enough. You are a badass. If you start from that frame, how does that then drive everything else that you do? So again, in episode number 155, I talked about what a joyful eater looks like. And so when you become a joyful eater, you are healthy, strong, and fit. You're at that 
optimal for your life, for your body. Okay. We also then create a positive body image. We have a healthy relationship with food and we cultivate supportive relationships, healthy relationships with friends and family. So if you haven't listened to that episode, you're going to want to go back and listen to that. But when I talk about a joyful eater, when I talked about those outcomes, if you will, right, that what you desire, being healthy, strong, and fit, having a positive body image, a healthy relationship with food, and supportive friends and family. What what do you need to do in order to become a joyful eater? So I talk about four pillars, and that's nourish, trust, gratitude, and love. So when you think about Well, if I were already a joyful eater, what would I be doing? So think about like if a year from now, you think of yourself as a joyful eater. What kind of daily habits would you have? What other practices would you have implemented in your life? So as an exercise... What I want you to do is move that line from 12 months from now to today. What if you are a joyful eater in training? What would you be doing? So in the show notes, I'm going to provide you with a link to a diagram of a joyful eater and the four pillars. And then I'm going to actually provide you with a list of some of the categories, if you will, of practices. Okay, so when you're looking at that diagram, you'll see that the pillars overlap to produce a particular outcome. So for example, If you really want to focus on creating a healthy relationship with food, you're going to want to focus on practices around trust and gratitude. And again, in the show notes, I'm going to provide you with what those practices are. Okay. For a positive body image, you'll want to focus on practices around gratitude and love. And then for a healthy, strong, and fit body, you'll want to focus on practices around nourish and trust. And then lastly, if we're talking about cultivating healthy relationships, right, supportive friends and family, you're going to want to focus on nourish and love and the practices that go behind those. Right, so if you have any questions, feel free to slide into the DMs on Instagram. So, if you're not following me, you can find me on Instagram at Habit Whisperer. So, I would love to know 
which practices you're going to focus on first. And again, if you have any questions, you can you can contact me there. I'll get back to you certainly within 24 hours, but probably much faster than that. Okay. So again, when we talk about creating identity-based habits, what we're talking about is saying, I'm already that kind of person. I am already a joyful eater. You can put in parentheses in training if you want. I'm already that. What am I going to do today? What does a joyful eater do every day? I'm in training. I'm going to create those kinds of habits. So you've heard, I don't know if it's a proverb or a quote or something, but it talks about how the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. So instead of, if you want to achieve lasting weight loss, if you want all these things in your life that I described here that a joyful eater has, Instead of wasting any more time monkeying around with diets or weight loss programs or fitness challenges where it's unsustainable, where you start only to stop two or three weeks later, and then you give your brain evidence that, see, it doesn't work because we have that lovely confirmation and negativity bias. Instead of feeding that, I want you to focus your attention and your energies. As someone who's in training, right? You are a joyful eater in training. I want you to embody that identity and then figure out what you're going to do from that place. Because when you start doing those things, then again, we've created the conditions to be able to have what you want. And a joyful eater, someone who is nourishing their mind, body, and soul, someone who trusts their body and their intuition, someone who is grateful for all that they have, and someone who starts from a place of self-love, and is kind to themselves and understands their wants, needs, and preferences, it's truly going to be a joyful person. And that's what I hope for you. All right? So I'm going to wrap up today's episode with a quote by none other than James Clear. No single instance will transform your beliefs. But as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember, 
Making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens. <laughs>